Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. Another sports week means more shocking results, more pain, more ecstasy for football, rugby, cricket, tennis, and athletics fans. As usual, you've come to the right place for the best of the field conversations about the games that we love, the games that consume it consume us each and every weekend and here at the sports live podcast it isn't just about the games themselves it's about the impact the analysis the talking points that have the country and sometimes the world talking last friday we did a special episode on the urban Elizabeth saga which was an amazing feat for the team that works on this podcast the multimedia team at tiso blackstar we had the leader of the Khoisan defiance campaign sammy Clarkson on the line from the western cape we had peter de Villiers's agent Pablo Urayai in studio. Damn, I got that surname right. Pablo will be proud. And it was podcast magic. Klaassen said on the podcast that they were calling for SA Rugby President Mark Alexander to resign following how their establishment has handled the Eben Etzebeth scandal. As we know, Etzebeth is being accused of violent and racial acts that were allegedly committed the weekend before the Springbok World Cup squad was named in August during a fateful night out in Langeban. If you haven't heard that special episode, please go to timeslive.co.za, click on the multimedia tab and select podcast. There you will find the spot Sports Live podcast ready for you to download and enjoy if you've not done so already. The Sunday Times also revealed last Sunday that Elizabeth was apparently part of a wolf pack gang that was notorious for violent acts in Langeban. It's all happening. It's all happening, I'll tell you. And there was also the Makazole T-Rex Mapimpi issue regarding the bomb squad. And this is what I have to say about it. Guys, out there, there are trolls on social media ready to solicit reactions from the race-sensitive South African public. If we're not careful and we do not scrutinize everything we see online, we might find ourselves being manipulated into outrage by these trolls. The person that put up the first Mapimpi video, where the bench players are seen to be telling Mapimpi to go away, and him shrugging them back, shrugging them off back, didn't show the full video. In the full video, it clearly shows that it was Lotte Yaga who was being told to go away, so to speak. And Mapimpi explained in a video on his Instagram account that this was a bomb squad scenario. The bench players who come on and call themselves the bomb squad. Obviously, Makazone Mapimpi being a starter has nothing to do with the bomb squad, but no one wanted to believe him because we want to believe the things that correlate with our biases. Moreover, Trevor Nyakane put up a bomb squad post on his own Instagram account on the 27th of July already, featuring him and the Beast, Mtawarira and Bongim Bonambi in the image. This was 27th July. Yet people say that Mapimbi was lying when he mentioned the bomb squad and it was all made up and it was all a PR stand for SA Rugby. Guys, we have to be more judicious when it comes to this stuff. I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. But as the information has come out and people have put all their reactions out there, then you start to think, is it really what we saw or were we being manipulated to see what we wanted to see? Obviously, we are a race-sensitive country, but that doesn't mean that every time there's an incident, every time people don't want to shake hands, we scream racism. 
let's be a little bit wiser when it comes to internet uh, and online reactions um what are we what are we willing to believe are we willing to believe the fake outrage or an explanation from my pimpy and the coach rassi erasmus himself on a positive note I've been very impressed by this man Cheslin Kobe's performances during the Rugby World Cup man I I can't speak enough about him so much so that I think if the box go all the way he might be in line to win the World Rugby Player of the Year award yeah I said it World Rugby Player of the Year award I think Brian Habana won it in 2007 the year the Springboks won the Rugby World Cup and he is en route to Brian Habana's stardom, man. And even Brian Habana tweeted that he wishes he could step as viciously as that man Cheslin Colby. In my book, he should move to 15. Really, I'm sorry, you have to miss out if push comes to shove, but I'm not sure if Rassi will make that decision to allow the space for someone like Spungosi to come in, another dynamic runner with, of course, Makazola Mapimbi holding up the left wing. I wrote in a piece for New Frame that Colby has changed the South African psyche with regards to the small guys but the best person to describe Kobe's performances and impact is none other than former winger Brayton Poulter who has more than 50 Springwork caps by the way who is probably the godfather of small Springwork Springwork players who didn't fit the big guy mold this is Brady talking about Cheslin Kobe again I mean uh, the dynamite pocket rocker Cheslin Kobe uh, man of the match again today he just keep getting better and better just when he thought he uh, you know, he's, he's, he's reached his heights. Um, he, he comes up with something new. And today, um, you know, a bit of a slow start from the box, but ultimately, you know, you can't keep a good man down and, and Chase got into the game very, very nicely. I think he certainly has changed the perception for people uh, in regards to small guys. I mean, the guy's tackling stats is, is absolutely scary. Every game, providing he gets the ball, he makes more than 100 metres. So I'd like to see him even getting more involved, you know, people actually talking about him playing from fullback, which is, I think, a really good idea. Then he'll be even more involved in the game, if you know what I mean. So Because now he needs to go and look for work all the time as well. But uh, what a boyki. I mean, uh, you know, uh, left South Africa because some people said he will never be a springbok one day, too small. Uh, and now he's, you know, taking balls out of the air. He's using his electric and dynamite pace uh, to his uh, advantage and um, people find him difficult to tackle. He steps people left, right and centre um, and his all-round game is of the highest quality um, and, and, and he's, he certainly has generated a lot of excitement from each and every South African who supports rugby and who loves rugby um, and it is really, really good to see. So, um, you know, we, I think we all of us are just really proud of him and may continue in that vein and, and, and so far, you know, got a bit of a scare towards the end when he and got a bit of a ankle twist, so let's hope it's it's not too serious. But I tell you what, uh, that man is has uh, got magic written all over him at the moment, and uh, uh, may he continue to even get better. Um, and uh, hopefully, the box will find a way to get him even more involved because that's going to be the key going forward. So um, that, in a nutshell, um, uh, absolute pleasure and joy to watch uh, Chesi, and uh, some of his teammates can certainly take a leaf out of his book. So it's boom, my man. I hope wherever you are, you're having fun and happy and healthy. Until next time. Guns, an essential tool in self-protection or a catalyst for criminality. 
CliffCentral.com presents GunCast, a podcast that unpacks the divisive issue of gun ownership in South Africa. Join legal expert Martin Hood as he hosts a series of talks with both sides of the gun lobby. Whether you support the right to carry guns or you believe they're a destructive tool that society could do without, GunCast will enlighten and challenge you in equal measure. Find GunCast now on the Cliff Central app, on cliffcentral.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, my next special guest is a three-time SAB Television Sports Journalist of the Year Award winner and a former EMCA Sports Journalist. Mr. Junior Steinbank, also a friend of mine, a mate, a guy I love chatting to about content, about sports, about everything. A guy, I would say he gets it, man. We're going to talk to him about what sports he's been following these days, what he's been up to since leaving the mainstream scene. And, you know, that nice little experience he got to go to the Olympics in Brazil, in Rio in 2016. I've only been to one major tournament that was Wimbledon in 2014. And I know I, I do complain about it, but it was Wimbledon. You know, uh, I just went to Japan, but I wouldn't say I was working in Japan. I was there for a week. It was a nice little fun trip. But this guy was at the Rio Olympics, and it's the biggest sports tournament uh, on the globe. And, yeah, he will tell us about that, his career, what's going on in sports, and we'll chop it up and catch up with Mr. Junior Steinbeck. Junior? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast, buddy. Thank you so much for having me, man. I, 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 I wish you had led with, when introducing me, I wish you had led with my friend first. That, <laughs> that right, comes right. first and foremost, right? <laughs> yeah, A good yeah. mate of mine. And then all that other stuff, right, <laughs> comes afterwards. Oh, man, right. I didn't know how to rank it properly. No, I led, that, I led what, what do you think I'm most proud of? I'm most proud to, to you know, when I see people on the street talking about Spoon Chigiliso and the work he's doing, I can say, yeah, ah, get out that of guy here, introduces bro. me as his mate first. Get out of here, bro. Get out of here. How you been, man? Um, as of late, I've been pretty good. As mm. of late, I've been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm doing okay. How did you get into like uh, sports journalism? Was it like, um, it, Was it like a thing that you wanted to do? off the bat or did you fiddle with other forms of journalism oh, at first no, how did how did that sports journalism no well, I've got a different story to that which I, I'm not sure if I'm going to share it now this is all about I'd you. love for you to please we can exchange <laughs> stories I, I, mine is one of those typical I fell into a type of situations okay um, I uh I, 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 I grew up not, not far from where we are right now. I, you know, I went to high school. I was in boarding school at the National School of the Arts. Okay. Just a couple of blocks from where we are now. Um, and, um, yeah, I spent high school in that boarding school around, around Bramfontein all the time, and I was a drama student. Um, uh. And uh, I always thought I would grow up to be a, uh, a screenwriter, producer, director, and actor. That was always my that was always my jive, actually. Mm. Um, but and 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 through doing that, you know, I developed a skill for writing and and a skill for and a passion for reading. Um, I went when I was nineteen to the U.S. Uh, mm. to study to continue my studies in in uh, the dramatic arts and theater and film. And when I got to the U.S., I, I, I lived in Queens, uh, in New York, and and when I got to the U.S., I I didn't have anybody with me. 
Where's your Tebow Touch X? I've got no idea. I don't have <laughs> <laughs> anybody who tells you that, oh, no, you just happened to come back with it is lying. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends with me. I didn't know anybody in New York City. Uh, and I, I started to find that the easiest way to connect with people to start a conversation was through sports. I'd meet okay. an Australian guy and be like, hey, you watch the cricket. You know, I'd meet an uh, English guy and say, hey, you watch the rugby. Meet an American, you could speak about the Knicks or about the Giants. And I was at that stage of my life, I'd say a, a passive sports fan. Okay. I liked a good game, but yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a fanatic. All right. Um, I wouldn't cancel plans for most matches. Not like me. Um, yeah. Not, yeah, not yeah. when I was 19. Not yeah. when I was 19. But then you you start forming these relationships with people based on that one thing because mm. that's that's the only thing that we can talk about. We come from different cultures, from different countries. We you know we find it difficult to relate. But if I say to you, man, those giants last night, you know, then that's something that we can spark hey, off man. from. Who um, knows what that conversation was? Yeah, about. and from there, my passion for sport kind of evolved and evolved, um, and I became the the fanatic that I was, let's say, in my 20s. I've calmed down a little bit now. You yeah, know? yeah. You need some balance in life. In my 20s, I had none of that balance. Um, and uh, when I got back to South Africa, I started, a, I started a vlog with a bunch of mates. Okay. A vlog called Fool Time, F-O-O-L Time. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> um, because we spent every weekend on my couch in my apartment, you know, talking crap about sports and we'd watch everything from that's, the first that's, that's pretty yeah, much what I every, do every right? Monday yeah. every, yeah. <laughs> um, we would spend from the last Friday evening Curry Cup game to the last Sunday evening La Liga game just on my that's me and my mates drinking beer watching games um, and talking crap and then one day my friend Bongani says you know we should film all this crap we talk you think and we yeah. started doing yeah. that um it became a little bit expensive, but we put out a season of like really fun stuff on yeah. YouTube, um, and it got me it got me my, my my break into the industry. When we started running out of money and we could no longer do it, mm. I packaged them into um, you know into my CV, and I I put a link to that content in my and CV you just and put it out there. Started putting it out, and because that that vlog had it had a lot of other elements to it right it had a facebook page and stuff that i'd write on and whatnot um it, it was enough to get some attention so that was that was my entry into sports journalism pretty long-winded um <laughs> but an entry that, that that the list but ah oh, my mine is like totally different i've i've done I've done some what feels like jail time doing politics yeah. in Durban during the rise of zuma and the break between the IFP and the NFP. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that about you. Day. Man, look, I've lived, bro. It's a hole. It's a hole, bro. Um, so uh, what else have I done? Man, I've worked in sales. Um, I used to be a sales associate at, at home. You know the homeware yes, store? Yes, yeah, I used yes, to sell yes. like linen. So I, I actually, can tell you I only learned that about you last week because I saw what Tando, Tando posted a, a, a picture With of me you. wearing an yeah, apron, right? Exactly. And at home apron and I've got an earring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was me. I was that guy. I couldn't get a break in journalism. I could write. I could always write. Sure. Right? Um, I could always write. But it's something I discovered too late. To okay. sort of have cultivated it in high school. Okay. Right. So, um, yeah. But I could always do it. Like uh, English, words, everything. I could just 
put them together yeah. um, languages as well because we, we spent some time in Lesotho when I was growing up okay played some cricket I even played international cricket for Lesotho as well okay at under 15 I did not know that yeah 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 wow. I thought a lot That's of people a little bit of a zigs and dust story there's, there's, <laughs> there's some correlations there right <laughs> a little bit yeah there's some correlations so, like some dozen Eastern Cape guy who spent time in Lesotho yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so spent some time in Lesotho and he's a writer as well obviously yeah. the most phenomenal yeah. probably writing export we, we've ever had um, I'll put him up there with Bo, Bryce Courtney, and, and J.M. Kutsia, yeah. if he's not greater. Um, sure. So, yeah, I did a bit of that. And then eventually I in, applied to an internship when uh, Tiso Blackster used to be called Avusa. Mm-hmm. Got in, and I was hungry as a mofo, bro. Because I had all, all those years where I wasn't in the just industry, and I was out. just... Yeah, I was yeah. doing this and that in East London, you know. I really thought I was going to live the East London life where I'll just get a get a job, get a Polo Vivo and live in a flat, bro. Right. And, 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 and drink every weekend. <laughs> yeah, play touch rugby with yeah. the weekends and talk about how I used to be a cricketer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, getting a break in your own career, man, is so difficult. And, and I get a lot of young guys hitting me up. Uh, on 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 Twitter, uh, where I'm most present, mm. and on LinkedIn, you know, looking for a break, and it's it's tough, you know, when you've either studied or you got a passion for it, and 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 I I feel fortunate and privileged to have done it and gone all the way up to editing uh, Kickoff and mm. being a published author, you know, still got lots more stuff that I'm gonna do, but I still feel like it's been a privilege. To, I I did the thing I want, I've always wanted to write sports, like sure. I, I I've I've fiddled around and messed around with everything else, but I've always wanted to be a sports writer, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, could you say the same thing? What's the one thing you said you've always wanted to be, like smart? <laughs> you got that covered, over and bro. above, over and above everything. You got that I went covered. through phases in my life when I was like a real youngster. Um, I I I I thought I'd be a professional sports person. Um, I realized I wasn't good enough at anything. I was C-team football, C-team tennis. I was just, you know, I was average, if yeah, not below yeah. average. Um, uh, high school, like I said, you know, I, I thought I'd be in the dramatic arts. Um, you know, again, you know, some some there's some dovetail there with, with your boy Tando Manana as well, right? Yeah, he was. There's a little bit. He was quite he, the dramatic artist. He did artist. like the theater. He mm, did he like did. the theater. Um but through the the one consistent the one consistent I don't I don't I'm not the most competitive person in the world I don't care too much about being the best um, mm. I uh, don't care too much about being the first um, I just want to do things with integrity You're right. I just want to do things with properly you know and that and that requires yeah I a think I think we, we, should, we have that in common like yeah. that that uh, that knack of just wanting to do things right yeah and not a lot of people kind of um, have the kind of application required yeah. to, you know, narrow it's, your focus. It requires do, patience. Yeah, it does, it does yeah. require. I've, I've actually burnt a lot of friendships and relationships um, in my in my pursuit to, to do content sure. the right way, like sure. good content. And I don't always get it right, but I always feel like if you do certain things, you, you have to put like great content out there, you know? Absolutely. And it's sports, man, it's fun. 
It is. Right. We could be having a beer right now. It's a pity we're recording yeah. this on a Monday. But we could be having a beer right now and it would be as fun as it would have been if it was like um, a serious conversation. You yeah. Know? Do you know but there's I mean? a serious element to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. P- particularly people want to bring that uh, absolutely false perception of there's no this politics and sports don't have overlap, which is oh, no. absolute ah, nonsense. Bollocks. Um, Twitter garbage. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, they, yeah, there's there's a serious from, you know, a society like our own South Africa, mm-hmm. um, you know, Saudi Arabia, where, 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 where women are literally dying to get into football stadiums. Mm. Um uh, you know, places like uh, Palestine, you know, where where uh, Israeli football clubs are playing football on, on, on occupied territory. That, that, you know, you can't ignore the seriousness, you know, Kaepernick, yeah, yeah. right? You can't yeah. ignore the seriousness yeah, yeah. because I mean, it doesn't take place. It doesn't over, take place in a vacuum yeah, sports, protest, you know, yeah. it's fun. You love it. And you got you yeah. love that that passion that mm-hmm. it stirs up inside you and those moments that are just like yeah you know um then you sober down and you're like oh yeah but you know Caster didn't run the 800 this year right and you got to you got to be sober again too because that's yeah. a person's life yeah i'm not sure if you read uh, the piece on um uh, is it my? Uh, it's not my players. Uh, the players, Play, players tribune. tribune. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I've mate. seen the headlines. Mate. I bookmarked it. Mate. I bookmarked mate. it, and I'll, I'll come back to it. Mate. Yeah, I was a bit she busy. She talks when about I saw it. how she wanted to be a soldier mm. growing up, and you don't expect that from mm. a girl, right? Mm. Growing mm. up, she mm. wanted to be a soldier, mm. like AK four seven, Canada, you know. But like, it's it's she bucks so many norms, bro. I'll tell you that for free, and she is so candid. And how she speaks. I don't know who she was speaking to, but sure. my word. Whoever, Whoever it was, were, that was. They, they got her ah, relaxed. They got the meat. They You're got right. the meat, Oh, that's, that's so great. As, as a journalist, that's yeah, amazing, right? That's You're like, ooh, how did you do <laughs> this, right? <laughs> I was like, what the journalists are, journalists are very much. Have you ever seen um, um, Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting yeah. Coffee? I, I suppose you have because you're yeah. a content freak, right? And that entire series, which is is gone a number of seasons yeah. now, right? 10, 11 seasons. Yeah. Some of them on one uh, distributor, um, uh, some of them on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, the entire series about comedians geeking out over each other, right? Yeah. Ooh, how, I like how you do this, and you know, you do this, and I love how, right? And it's just, it's, I don't know if I can use this word, I'm going to go for it. It's a circle jerk of comedians, right? But sports journalists do the same thing. We do the same thing. And, any any community that is that is kind of like you know that um, appreciative of each other and to a degree self-involved yeah. to a degree yeah yeah um, you know I I appreciate that about you know I loved hearing I saw something on YouTube several months ago a an event where Timberland and um, Pharrell were two guests on a panel. And it was just like one oh, of them no. going, oh, dude, oh, you're amazing. Oh, and the other no. one going, no, oh, dude, no, no, no. you're amazing. No, oh, no, no, going, oh, dude, no, you're stop. amazing. <laughs> and I've got to stop myself like yeah. week in and week out. I see Mutsurisi Mohono on, on yeah. air. i got to stop myself from texting her every week. Just going, yeah, yeah, same You're yeah. amazing. Same here. Same you're here. amazing. Same you know, yeah. Julia Stewart, the same thing. I just want to text her week in. Just, you're amazing. And I Kate, went, dude. Kate, Kate no when your book came out, I was just like, this guy because that's what we do right yeah yeah, yeah. um and if i haven't said it enough the way you structured tando's story um 
the next time I saw Tando after having read your book, yeah, I had never, I'd never felt, um, I'd never felt like his friend before. He's yeah. a very nice and warm guy. Yeah. He greets me very warmly every yeah. time. It's amazing. Um, and he's an amazing person. But after having read your book, the next time I saw him was at Craven Week. Okay. Um, maybe just like two days after having yeah. having finished the book. Um, the Craven Week that was held here in Joburg at St. Yeah. Stidians, right? That year that Sharks had just a team that made people part like the Red Sea. Yeah. And um, and um, I, 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 I hugged him. And it was only For after real. having hugged yeah, him yeah, that I was like, why did I just hug him? <laughs> We're not tight like that. And then I realized because I felt so much closer to him the after, connection. Having, after having yeah. read your book. Ah, and I was man. like, oh, that's is that a false sense of closeness or is it legitimate? I spent the whole day trying to unpack how I now felt about time. I think that's the biggest compliment I got on the book because that's what I was trying to do sure. was make it as relatable as possible. Um, you know how you follow content and series mm. like I follow like LeBron James so closely sure. that I feel like I know him right you know right like, yeah I feel like yeah. if we were to walk in here I'd be like yo yeah those new yeah, LeBron could, yeah man. you could like, start the conversation yeah, start right the conversation I'll know exactly what he's sure. talking about right now and stuff like that that's what I tried to do with Tando yeah as well Job done, so whoever met him would be like yo man Job done. your dad or your man your daughter yeah. or your man Greg was one of my man you know yeah Thanks, bro. Job I done. appreciate it. Speaking of job done, right? You keep avoiding this. Um, I'm trying to put you on a nice little pedestal here. Uh, you multiple uh, award-winning sports journalist, by the way. Yeah. Um, how is it? How did you take that all in? Uh, scooping SABs. Uh, there was a run where it seems like they were just. I did have uh, a run. <laughs> it was getting ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I did have. You a had run. you I, had to stop. My to, uncle actually said to yeah. me, "Don't enter next year after I won the third. For real, he said I'm going to delegitimize the um, uh, the yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was you starting know. to look silly, bro. I was like, fair point. But <laughs> that that next year was the year I resigned, and I, I didn't oh, I didn't right. end up entering anyway. Um, so what was your question? How did I um yeah, how how did contextualize it, yeah. it kind of Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, man, I in my head I came into this industry not 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 knowing what I was doing. Yeah. Just like let I am decent at writing. I've got a, a good on air presence. Yeah. You know, and due to my history in, in, in drama I can handle a microphone, I can handle a camera. Um so I was like, okay, I can I can do this, but I didn't have a plan, you know. Uh, it's only after maybe 12, 18, 24 months of having been in the industry formally that um, I I kind of carved out a niche for myself and figured out what I wanted to do. Yeah, and that was that was in in in, in two areas in particular, but it got narrowed down to one, and that yeah. was in in uh, African sports. Okay, uh, sports you know, taking place all around the continent. Yeah. Because uh, I felt it was underrepresented and we don't <clears throat> have enough access mm. to each other's sports. Uh, and the second was uh, in women's sports. Right. Um, and I felt my accessibility to to women's sports, particularly in South Africa, um, was, I had a greater level of accessibility. Right. You know, I could, I could reach out to the women's pro teams. I could reach out to Banyana. Um, whereas if you're trying to do something on uh, Joshua Cheptege, I've, I've got to go, oh, how am I mm. going to get to Uganda? If I've got to mm. do something on, on uh, Kipchoge, how am I going to get to Kenya, right? It's, mm. um, it's, it's difficult in that regard. So 
once I carved out a, a niche of women's sport for myself, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to try to make an impact here. I'm going to try to, because there are, there are, there are difficulties that existed when I came in. There are dis- difficulties that exist now in how we, uh, how we distribute women's sports content, how we speak about women's sports, yeah. how we engage with the content, how we engage with the product, how we engage with, engage with the athletes. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forge a, a new path of representing and covering women's sports with with integrity. Yeah. You know, again, comes back to what we said earlier, right? I just want to do things well. Yeah. Um, and uh, so when I was winning things um, in sports journalism, my thought was, this will get me to a higher platform. This will get uh-huh. me to a higher plateau, right? So I accept an award and I drive home thinking that night, I'm going to okay, use this, this valid- award, validation. this validation, I'm yeah. going to use it to step into my editor's office tomorrow morning and say, okay, I'm winning stuff for the organization. Mm. You've got to get me to the Women's World Cup so I can win more stuff on a broader scale. Mm. Or, you know, yes, I've done the next challenge. It's it's the next challenge. You want to grow like that. And so that's how I contextualized awards in my head. But what was the reality? Um, Nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody I mean, your mom will be like, my mom cares, Um, you know, uh, uh, fellow journalists and colleagues care um, from editorial. Here's the thing with editorial, and you'll know this better than anybody else. Um, There's 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 a there's a concept about editorial independence, right, that exists all over the world um, that journalists and organizations, media of all kind, try to uphold. Mm. Uh, And obviously with good reason that I don't need to get into right now. But editorial independence without uh, without sales know-how and strategy um, and without the buy-in of of the the private sector, advertisers, sponsors, whatever the case may be, um, it's crippled. You know, it's entirely crippled. And the thing about that, that sales part of the conversation is that those need to be some dynamic people man yeah, yeah. you know people selling advertising people sell and i'm not trying to criticize anybody it's a difficult job it is a, oh, it's a really difficult job it's the toughest job and it moves in the and dips as the yeah. economy moves and dips yeah but it almost kind of um it almost pre uh, it it precedes, right? The dip in, in, in advertising and in uh, private sector engagement yeah. almost precedes a dip in the economy because everyone's thinking a quarter ahead, yeah. right? And a quarter after the economy has recovered, people are still hesitant. So it's a difficult it's, And it's thing worse when you're dealing manage. with digital. So digital is like this moving target and no one's got a moving target. Well sort of uh, idea of what well they're said. doing. We're all kind of like well said. pretty much well faking said. it, right? But it requires risks. Yeah, it does. It does. It requires risks, some of them. And, and I'm, I'm so jealous when I look at quote unquote developed yeah. countries and the risks that they managed to take because maybe not maybe their economies aren't 
growing spectacular while they're yeah, but, but they're I think steady. because the, the the economy is stable, stable, so they can there's right. a little bit of a buffer. Yeah, and that's before exactly what it is. Some sort of cushion. That's exactly what we'll it have is. Some sort of credit. One hundred percent. You know, we are. One hundred percent. I don't want to get deep into the economics of things, but in South Africa, if you fall, you fall hard. Yeah, like, you fall hard. The yeah. economy isn't there to catch. Yeah. You know, so well said. Yeah, well that's said. Just the simplest way. And I can, so I can you, put it. you, here's here's Junior Steinbank, right? Um, he wins another award. He does so doing um, uh, really good journalistic uh, work in women's sports, work yeah. with integrity. He goes into his editor's office. He says, "Boom." I won this again for the organization. Cool. I've point, I've painted the organization in an amazing light. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's go forth and capitalize on this while the iron is hot. And, and if, if, a, um, sales is, is not uh, lateral thinking thinking enough, mm. or b, if their hands are tied, their hands are tied. That's it. That's there's nothing more you can do. Um, and so. You know, therefore, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to get into you yeah. know a whole big the, spiel, the, but the technicalities. Once that started setting in my mind and realizing that, um, you know, Della Soul said um, um, on that most recent album that came out a few years ago, there's a line that says, uh, "Bits and pieces never made nothing decent," oh. right? You know, you need oh. consistency to make something yeah. decent. You need a, oh, you need a, a group. You that's need a, a right. Bits and pieces <laughs> never made nothing yeah. decent. Yeah. And I started to realize that as much as I liked my work, I liked my job, I liked my work. I was, I was working towards a huge goal of trying to represent an entire group of people better and clearer yeah. and wider. But, but yeah, I was like doing it in bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. Yeah. Bits and bobs. And that was a difficult thing to quickly. Accept. What you're doing now, tell us about ASCN, um, independent content. And, 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 and we've had this conversation, mm. you've written about it on mm. your LinkedIn uh, blog. If you're not already following Junior Steinbank on LinkedIn, please do so. You've got hella content coming up. I'll just, mm -hmm. I'll just put it to you like that. Um, so you decided to branch independently and, and create your own independent uh, sports content uh, platform. That's right. Which is in its infancy, but are you excited about that? Hugely. Yeah, hugely. Just the past few weeks alone have been so I, I've amazing. Seen, I've seen the blueprint, but yeah. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna spoiler. Uh, yeah, look, your it's plan. a it's a difficult thing as you know, as a new uh, business owner and being a first time business owner. I'm figuring out a lot of things, and yeah. one of the things I'm figuring out is how much do I say <laughs> right yeah. at this point and at later points. But w what needs to be known for now is that ASEN African Sports Content Network yeah. is a it, it's a, it, it needs to be uh, it needs to be realized that it's a B2B platform okay. first and foremost um, because um, we believe in empowering the media organizations that already exist and already operate on the African continent yeah. and around the globe to uh, create more content to create more consistent content mm -hmm. and, and better content and more pan-African content mm -hmm. right um, you know, and a scenario that I'd find myself in time and time again when I was a journalist was um, the scenario of, uh, okay, cool. So Sundowns is hosting uh, Raja, you know, or Sundowns is hosting somebody in the Champions League mm. or Pirates is hosting somebody in the Champions League and you've got to do a preview of it. 
um, and you just don't have enough information on the yeah, opposition players. Yeah. So you just skim the surface, you know, and you end up and you you look you for the, the familiar names or yeah, whatever yeah. the case may be, the guys who represent their countries, and you're like, oh yeah, 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 I remember him from Afcon, right? Up. And you yeah. and it's it's not it's not a good way to do journalism, yeah. man. You know, so I our our, our mission is to um, is to uh, centralize the production of African sports content in order to decentralize the ports of access. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully in doing so, we'll create a more pan-African trade of sports content. Yeah. So that's that's, that's what I'll say for now. The, that's that's the, it. The yeah. Okay, cool. I'm excited about it. I Like I said, I've, see, I've seen it from our prior conversations. Absolutely. I've seen what you're trying to do and I think it's amazing. Thank you. Um, as, a, as a content guy myself, you know I'm a content addict sports man there's oh, there's so much going on like Castle's story yeah i read uh, and i hate that it took the guardian to to write this i think it was the guardian that wrote on 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 um desiree ellis right a story when when manana were at the women's world cup mm-hmm. about how she was so good as a young girl yeah playing football with boys with boys yeah that um when she joined the girls team um they made her take her pants yeah, down yeah. to check if she was yeah. really a girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bro, like they didn't believe yeah. that she was a girl yeah. and her dad was like, take your pants down. Yeah. Show them. It's diabolical. Bonkers. Dude, absolutely, that just, that just blew crazy. my mind. That just blew my yeah. mind. You know, and I think it's it's it saddens me that that has to go to the Guardian, someone who's at I mean, they were in France. It just happened to be sure. right place, right time. Sure. But how long have we known Desiree Ellis, bro? She's I've, a Mariana legend Desiree as a player. Been, she's been and consistent she's, throughout my career. You could say that she's great even as a coach yeah. because she took us to our first uh, Women's World Cup. Yeah. Yet, someone from overseas managed to... And, and, and that's the that's, thing is that... Is, means, is that that's we, on us. Look. That's on us, bro. We've got to own these stories, Yeah, man. no, we got to. We have to own we these gotta. stories. Same thing. Players' Tribune, Casta Simeon. Yeah. That's on us, mate. Yeah. And we spoke about it when we yeah. started. When the first time I told you about my company, I told you what yeah. I was doing. Yeah. I, I remember saying, I spoke to you during the trial, right? Yeah. When she was at the... Um, she was at the Court, Court of, of Arbitration, Arbitration for, for Sport. Sport. Yeah. Um, and I said, the fact that the fact that none of us are there. I don't think Manfred was there. Okart wasn't. Nobody. Sorry. For anybody listening to this podcast who doesn't <laughs> that, know these people, yeah, right? Yeah, Sorry, these, these are, are like sports journalists. David yeah. Isaacson wasn't there, you know. These I are know, the people right? who you these expect. These are guys that do everything right? on the daily, but the industry is just, it's not what it used to be. But anyway, before we get into a too long of a conversation, Junior, I have to thank you for coming through, man. I have to put you on the spot, though. Okay. Before we go, um, you have to give me our regular upset and playmaker of the week. All right, I've been me. adjudicating these myself for the last couple of weeks, and I think people are tired of my bias <laughs> <laughs> selection. So I'm going to put a neutral out there. Mm. For upset of the week, uh, Newcastle United beating Man United 1-0. Yeah. Uh, Wolves beating Man City 2-0, the mm. EPL champions. Amazulu beating Cape Town City 2-1. Usutu mm. and uh, Stellenbosch FC getting their first win in the Absa Premiership by beating Polokwane City 2 0. Which of those would you say was unexpected, if at all? Uh, um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Stellenbosch. Ah, Stellenbosch. I'll give it to Stellenbosch. All right. I'll give it to Stellenbosch. First of the season, I'll give it to Stellenbosch. Yeah, yeah. The United Newcastle was not a shock. Disappointing okay. if you're a supporter, <laughs> but not a shock. <laughs> even um, even, even Wolves, Wolves City, Wolves over City is yeah. not. Dude, that guy should have been manager of the season last season. Uh, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, I think. Should have been manager ah, of the Wolf season. He's incredible. Play, he is incredible. All right, so if he's any, got a Portuguese bias, so it's like the Portuguese national team in that team. But, hey, but hey, do they win? Play. Do they <laughs> win? They win. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. any. "Quote unquote outside top six. I remember the commentator saying yeah. yesterday, "What is the top six? He was having the crisis. Just like, what is the top six? Where are we going? What is that as a league? He was so as a people. He was freaking out. As a people. So if any outside top six team yeah. is going to beat City two 0 it's likely to be Wolves. Yes, highly likely. Mm. All right, playmaker. Mm. I would have gone Cheslin Kobe. Let me just put it to you that way. Okay. Um, but he's a nominee for you uh, right. for his performance against Italy, mm-hmm. scoring two tries, obviously. Uh, Rohit Sharma um, getting two centuries, one in each innings in India's first test but the win context, against South so Africa. So much context behind Rohit. Which they won by 203 runs. Yeah. And Tamsang, the king, Kabuza. For his man of Again, the match performance, context. He <laughs> in comes the from MTN far. eight final for Super Sport United against Highlands Park. Funny thing about Kabuza, not funny. Sorry, this was not funny at all. Sad thing about Kabuza yeah. is that he had lost his son in the week leading up to this game, but he kept it hidden to the team because what? he didn't want the team to be distracted. Can you believe it, bro? What? Can you believe it? I he didn't, didn't want that. to distract the team. He had lost his son in the week. He only revealed after the game. The coach Kaitano Tembo actually released it in a press conference. I it did was, not. It know. Oh, in the post match? Yeah, post match press conference. Yeah. Good. Look, Tembo himself is someone who deserves a lot of props. But, yeah. anyways, that's a conversation for another day. That's amazing. That is and Gabuza uh, comes with history over the last yeah, couple of, of years. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? He he's he's had difficulties, a man. At, at, at oh, man. He's had difficulties. Yeah. You know? And I remember. I remember, I remember even opposition managers. I remember Hombella going like at a press conference that had nothing to do with pirates. Just going, oh, guys, he's a, a good kid. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. he's a good kid. Let him just find his way. Um, Rohit as well. A lot of context behind there as yeah. well. You know, unable to solidify his place at the top of at the on, on test yeah, level. Yeah, at test level, um, but he's at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, um, he, is, he is a home a home track bully. Though. Yeah, as much bully. as I really respect what he did last week, I'm gonna say uh, Gabuza. But I'll also make a special mention of uh, Lizal Lee's innings against India in the, oh, in right, the last in the last. But T20. the series was gone. Though. The series was yeah, gone. Yeah. But boy, she hit that ball around. Was it her and Sunil Luz? And Sunil right? at that the top opening of the, partnership. Yeah. How many runs did they make? Like um, 17. I think it was a record breaking. Yeah, it was a record partnership. Um, South African for, partnership. For, for yeah. But for me, the, the series was gone. The series was the gone. Series like, was how gone. do you wait until yeah. a match that shouldn't even have taken place? Exactly. Because they created that match yeah, because yeah, the first two were rained out. Were rained out. Yeah. Um. No. But they did. They did play well. Kapuza gets it for me. That's it, mate. Thanks for joining me on the Sports Live podcast. I really appreciate it, brother. This has been great, man. Thanks. Please have me back. Please have me back sometime. I will. I will sometime soon. No way. Cheers, bud. Cheers.
That's it for me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocketcast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at TimesLive or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Ninawa Mchana Joko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>